if you'll turn with me in your Bibles. Matthew chapter number 11. I want to um, speak to you this evening about the subject on of doubt. Have you ever doubted? Ever made a decision? And when you made the decision, you knew it was right. But then circumstances happened and you doubted it. You, um, we're going to find this evening in Matthew chapter number 11. The Bible says in verse number 1, And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And he said unto him, Art thou he that should come? Or do we look for another? John's disciples asking Jesus that question. Jesus answered these disciples and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft raiment are in king's houses. But what, what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Father, tonight I pray that you'd help us. Lord, reality is each one of us here will at times in our life will doubt. There'll be circumstances and issues in our life that we uh, will need answers to, and John is an example here. Lord, I pray that you would bless our study tonight. Help us to hear from your Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a figure clothed in camel's hair. Think about that. John the Baptist, clothed in camel's hair. He's looking through these bars of the window of his cell, and he's, he's wondering, he's asking, he's contemplating to himself, is, is this Christ? I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter number 3, just... Just a few chapters previously, Matthew chapter number 3, we find in, in verse number 13. Chapter 3 of Matthew, we find John preaching. John is preaching that the Messiah is going to come, and we find that in John chapter 3. And, and then in verse 13 of John chapter 3, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto, unto John. This is the same John that we're speaking about here in Matthew chapter number 11. To be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have no need to be baptized of, uh, uh, I have no need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him and saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. John heard 
the voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. John heard it. John baptized Jesus. John even said, I can't baptize you. You you should be baptizing me. John knew who Jesus was in chapter number three. Chapter number four, look with me in verse number 12 of chapter number four. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. You see, something transpired, something happened in John's life in chapter number four. And we don't read then what John is feeling and the questions John's asking until we get into chapter number 11 of Matthew. But in chapter 3, John sees Jesus coming forth. He baptizes Jesus. He hears from heaven a voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. John knew exactly who Jesus was and John believed who Jesus was. I don't think that we would find John baptizing Jesus in, in, in saying what he said about Jesus if he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. But in the very next chapter, something happens or transpires in John's life that causes John, things are different now. John is preaching the gospel. He's preaching that the, the, the Messiah is coming. He's preaching to, to ready yourself. And, and Herod is, is, is having an affair with his, his uh, brother's wife. And John speaks out against that, and because he speaks about sin, what they've done is they've taken John and they've placed John in in prison in chapter number four. And Herod now has John placed in prison. Now, if you were to read the full story, we don't have the time to to do all that. uh, Herod actually enjoyed hearing John preach. It was Herodias, it was the, the, the uh, woman that he was having this relationship with that was upset with John. John's not minding his own business. John's meddling and John's prying into his life. John's saying what she wants to do is, is wrong. And so she has John thrown in the prison. You know the story, Herod's birthday comes. The damsel comes and she dances in front of Herod and he says to, to her in a, a drunken stupor, you can have anything you want up to half my kingdom. And so she could have had anything in the kingdom she wanted. She runs back to her mom, Herodias, and she says to her mother, he's given me up to half the kingdom. What should I ask for? And Herodias didn't say to her daughter, ask for all these riches or ask for half the kingdom and, 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 and get yourself, you know, some, some new chariot. No, what she said to her daughter was this, go back and say that you want the head of John the Baptist in a charger. And she runs back to Herod and Herod sobers up almost immediately. But because the Bible says for his oath's sake, he gives this damsel what she asked for. And John the Baptist is beheaded. So in chapter number four of Matthew, John the Baptist is placed in prison. He's hearing from chapter number four up to chapter number 11 about what Jesus is doing. But for some reason, John has come to the place where he's having doubts. He sends his disciples out and he says, go check with this Jesus. Go find out, is he the Messiah? But John, you already knew. John, you already knew he was the Messiah. John, you already heard heaven, a voice from heaven say, this is 
my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know this is Jesus. Have you ever found yourself in a situation in life where you've doubted? You've wondered, did I make a mistake? I mean, when you were making the decision, you were, things were well and you understood the decision that you were making and, and then circumstances come along in your life and once those circumstances come along, you begin to doubt. You know, I want you to know this evening that you are actually in, in good company because there's many, many throughout the Bible we'd find that have doubted. Not only has John the Baptist doubted, I, I want you to remind you of one of the, one of the uh, apostles. Matter of fact, because he doubted so much, he had a name, Thomas the what? Doubter. He said, I'm not going to believe this is Jesus unless I can touch the, the, the scars in his hands. I can touch his side and I can put my hand in where they put that spear. If, it, if I can't do that, I don't know if I'm going to believe this is Jesus. And he saw Jesus do all these miracles. I mean, he spent all those years with Jesus. There's John the ba or, or Thomas who, who saw Jesus take this little bag of lunch and then begin to divide this thing out and, and feed 5,000 people. I think of others in the Bible. Not only Thomas doubted, I think of other men like Abraham. You know, Abraham doubted. God says to Abraham, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees and I want you to go to a place that I'm going to promise you and I'm going to give you this land and, and I'm going to make a great and mighty nation. And, and then there was a time where uh, Abraham got older and Abraham just wasn't sure if God was going to supply what he said he was going to supply. And so he felt he needed to take circumstances into his own hands. And he had his son, but this wasn't the son that God promised him. He doubted. I think not only of Thomas and Abraham, I think this evening of, of Noah. Uh, uh, I think of men like Elijah. I think of men like Jeremiah. I think of men like Samuel. You know, all throughout the Bible, you can find men that had some doubts. These are good, godly men. You know, Christians, they can doubt. I think of Job as Job sat there and his, his, his children were dead. He sat there and, and all of his, his uh, uh, livelihood was gone and everything he had was, was gone and, and his friends are there and they're telling him, just, just uh, you know, you must have done something. And his wife is saying, just curse God and die. I, 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 just curse God and die. I'm sure Job is sitting there wondering, what happened? Why? I mean, he was a righteous man. If you've doubted, you're in good company. There's many, many godly Christians, many people that God have used in a great way that have, that have doubted. You know, sometimes, sometimes as we think about doubt, sometimes we, we uh, realize that in the Bible, great believers were great doubters. You know, this evening, I want to look at this thought and consider this thought. Doubts may be a means of a deeper dedication, a greater understanding, a stronger devotion. I don't know if it's, if it's genuine asking, if it's necessarily wrong, because by asking, you get the answer. I don't believe here that John was doubting necessarily, thinking it was someone else. He just wanted to know, is this the Messiah? 
Is this right? Honestly, just wanting to know, is this the answer? Because John knew that there was not going to be another opportunity for him to preach, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord, because he found himself in prison. He wanted to be sure that the one he did preach about, the one he did prophesy about, the one he did say, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the one he was preaching about, that he is the one. He's the one. You know, there are different, different times, there are sources of doubt that I want to look at here this evening as John the Baptist was walking back and forth in his cell. He remembered so vividly, I'm sure, why he was in that prison. He was there because he was preaching. He was there because he was living right. He was there because he was preaching against sin. He was there because he was following the Lord. He wasn't there because he did anything wrong. Matter of fact, he was found himself there because he was doing right. You know, sometimes in life, the sources of doubt, sometimes we begin to doubt when we become disappointed. Have you ever been disappointed in life? Begin to doubt because of disappointment. Here John finds himself in a, in a cell. He's disappointed maybe as at times we get disappointed with our lot in life. It may cause us uh, a little bit of, of doubt. Maybe, maybe it's not quite how life should have been. It's not quite how we imagined things would be. We, we, we find ourselves in a place that, that, that's not quite how we planned or we thought life should be. I'm sure that John didn't think or figure he'd spend many of, many of time, many of, uh, of hours and months in this prison cell. I'm sure he didn't think that that was the place he was going to end his life. I mean, here's John, great aspirations. He's preaching. Jesus is coming. And now he finds himself in a place where he's disappointed. Have you ever been in life where you've been disappointed by where you're at? The news you're getting? Your circumstances? You know, John finds himself maybe disappointed, and when one comes to the place of disappointment, they can begin to doubt. Maybe a place where you find yourself is disillusionment. Like John, you've been disillusioned with the way of Christ. You wanted him to come in judgment. You wanted him to come in wrath. You wanted him to come in condemnation. You wanted him to come in, 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 in John, I'm sure, is wondering when Jesus is going to come and get him out of that cell. Maybe in life you're at a place where you're disillusioned. You think the Christian life is supposed to be something where everything is always rosy and everything's okay. But it's not. You know, we hear messages, maybe if you listen to certain uh, TV uh, evangelists and read certain books, and you find that, you know, if you get saved and all of your problems are going to go away, the reality is this, when you get saved, all of your problems aren't going to go away. We're going through the book of 1 Peter on Wednesday evenings, and we're studying it verse by verse, and we're going through the journey of suffering. You know what happens a lot of times? When you get saved, you go through a path of suffering. But maybe you're doubting because you thought things should be a different way. Do you remember when you're dating? And now this isn't never happened to me. I'm still living on my honeymoon. But um, maybe for others. Do you ever remember when you're dating? I mean, life is good, isn't it? The thoughts about marriage. 
I mean, you, you, don't need, you don't need to save any money. You don't need to, you just live on love. I mean, love pays all the bills, doesn't it? I mean, when the car payment comes in or the house payment comes in or the utilities come in, you just write love on that thing, send it back. And they say, oh, they're newlyweds. We'll pay that bill. Do you remember your first fight? Remember the first time you were disappointed? Is this what marriage is about? Now, I wasn't disillusioned on my, my honeymoon night. This really had nothing to do with disillusion, but I remember waking up that next morning, and I looked over my wife, and I may have told you this story. I, uh, uh, you know, planning and preparing and, and having this wedding day, and, and I'm in love. We drove, we drove late into the evening to get to where we were going to go to our honeymoon and, and uh, got there, got checked in and, 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 and uh, uh, got up in the middle of the, in the morning before my wife and, and I looked over to see my lovely bride. Now, the last time I saw my lovely bride, she was in this beautiful dress. I mean, it was gorgeous. Now I look over and she's got toilet paper sticking out of her ears. And I looked over and I said, who are you and what did you do with my wife? And she looked at me and said, who are you and, and why are you snoring so loud? This is not what I signed up for. She was a little bit disillusioned that morning. She had these grand ideas of marriage and then she found out she's not going to sleep unless she goes to a different room or puts toilet paper in her ears, one or the other. You ever get disillusioned? Causes doubts? Maybe you found yourself in the Christian life where there's some true tragedies or true burdens that you're carrying and you're wondering, why is this? I'll be honest with you, when my father passed away, I didn't understand. I still don't understand. But I remember saying to the Lord, I don't understand. You know, there's many of men that weren't good husbands that they should have died at the age of 55. Not a man that was a good husband, a good father, and a man that was pastoring a church. Why would you take someone like that? I actually asked the Lord that. Why? Why would you leave my mom a, a widow? I asked the Lord that. I wasn't angry at the Lord, but I was asking. I didn't understand. Lord, this is one of your servants, and, and, and he, he sacrificed and he gave to, to serve you. And why, Lord? I, I didn't understand. And sometimes in the Christian life, you can get to the place where maybe, maybe disappointment comes, or maybe you're disillusioned with the circumstances that are around you, and it causes you to, to doubt and ask questions. God, why? Why? Brother Steck, there'll be a group of 15 or so people there tomorrow evening, and some of them, if not all of them, have asked God, why? Why? I've served you. John has preached the gospel. John is, is, is done right. John has done everything the Lord's asked of him. And we find in, in Matthew chapter number 11, I feel like the Lord even puts this part in the scripture just so we know that John was a righteous man. He says, he says in the last few verses that we read, Verily, verily, I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. 
Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What he was saying is they don't get much better than John. They don't get much better than John, but John finds himself in a prison cell asking why. They don't get much better than John, but John's wondering as he's there in that cell, are you the Christ? Are you the one that I've, I've, I've preached? Is, is, am I here for the right person? You know, thirdly, sometimes you get asking questions of doubt when you get discouraged. Discouragement is another source of doubt. Has anyone ever been discouraged? Have you been discouraged? Sure. You feel discouraged when things aren't going the way that they're supposed to go. Sometimes we put too much confidence in our feelings. Sometimes we put too much confidence in, in or assurance in, in things that can, that can really fail us. and We get discouraged. Sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we don't feel good. We get discouraged and we ask questions why. I remember a year in... Oh, probably a year and eight months ago now. Can't believe it's getting close to that time. Two years almost since we began to pray about coming here. I remember sitting with my son. I've told you this. My son said, Dad, why? I want to move. Why? And the truth is, he was discouraged. He wasn't happy. He was upset. He said, Dad, we just got to Georgia, and I'm just making friends, and, and I'm in a school that I like. Dad, why? Have you ever been discouraged? Maybe God's allowing something in your life or, or, or calling you to something or putting you through something that, that isn't easy. It's not something that you've asked for. It's not something that you desire. And, and, and you, just, you just, just don't feel good. It causes doubt. I say all of this to come to this place this evening to say to you, Christian, if you've ever doubted, you're not alone. If you ever said, God, why? You're not alone. Good Christians, godly people, John the Baptist being one of them according to Matthew chapter 11, he's even wondering why. I'm doubting. Is this the Messiah? But you know, there is a solution to doubt. And I want to show you that here this evening. I said all that to tell you this, there is a solution. Not far away, as I had mentioned earlier, Herod is planning this birthday party and, and, and this, this damsel comes and says, I, I want the head of John the Baptist in a charger. And, and that was going to be a time that, that Herod is going to be done. His life is going to be over. There's no more time for doubting. There's no more time for worrying. Uh, John was going to be beheaded and John was going to be in glory from that point forward. But until that place, John sent out his uh, disciples and said, go find Jesus and ask him, ask him if he is the Messiah. 
You know, these men come back and, and, and they hurry back to, to John and, and after spending some time with Jesus and they said, say this, they, they say, we've asked him exactly what you asked us. We went to Jesus and, and we asked Jesus and, and his answer was this, we, did you see me heal the sick? Did you see me feed the hungry? Did you see me cleanse the lepers? Did you, did you see me uh, make the one that couldn't walk? Did you, did you see him run after I touched his body? Did you, did you see me as I was preaching the gospel to the poor? Did you see lives changed and they came back to John they said John you won't believe it you asked us to go to Jesus and find out if he's the one you asked us to go to Jesus and find out if he was the Messiah and you won't believe what we heard we heard him we heard him preach and oh what he was preaching is exactly John exactly what you said he'd be preaching when you used to say that the Messiah has come oh and what we seen him do in John it was amazing there was someone that came and they couldn't see and John and they healed him. He gave him his sight again. And oh, John, there was someone that couldn't walk. He just laid there by the side of the road begging for Jesus' help. And Jesus went over and he caused that lame man to walk again. John, just like you said he was, just like you used to say, this is the Messiah. This is Jesus. This is the one that I've preached. He is exactly, John, who you said he was. He's exactly. He's the Messiah. Doubts are always resolved as we wait on Christ and see God reveal his plan in our life. Doubts are always resolved when we wait upon Christ to reveal God's plan in our life. God always shows and comes through for the Christian. Do you know, John didn't see death until he realized that that was the Messiah. John had doubts, but his disciples came back and said, no, no, your doubts, your doubts that you had, Jesus is real, it is the one. John didn't face death without knowing that he didn't waste his life. John didn't face death without realizing that the one he preached about has come, the Messiah has come. John didn't waste his life. He wasn't wasting his life in that prison cell. What he preached and what he taught and those that he said, repent and the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, those that, that followed him, they followed Followed him and it was true. Listen to me this evening. I want to say this to you this evening. Wait upon the Lord. Sometimes our doubts, we don't give God enough time to work. I don't like, I don't like the fact that my father died, but three of my mom's family members have trusted Christ as their Savior because of a direct result of the salvation message that was preached at his funeral. My mom was the only one that went to church, and she was one that rode on the bus to church, and her family, her siblings, six siblings never went to church. Her mom and dad never went to church, never heard the gospel message preached. People from church would come over and try to witness to him, and they wanted nothing to do with it. They said, you can, take, you can take Kathy to church, but we don't want any of that. But at the message there, at that, as that, uh, my dad's casket laid there in front, as I stood behind that pulpit, and I preached the salvation message, and I said, my father's life is, is, is uh, life lived for Christ, but it's not good works that get, gonna get him to heaven. It's not his life that he lived that's going to get him to heaven. It's his faith in Jesus Christ. And I preached the salvation message, who Jesus 
Jesus is that he came and he died for all mankind. And I'll never forget when my Uncle John said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And he said, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I sat in the car with my grandfather at my grandmother's funeral and I, said, I pegged him. I said, Pop, you've got you've to get saved. You've got to trust Christ. And he said to me, he said, you know your grandmother did that after your dad's funeral. He didn't do it that time in the car at my grandmother's funeral. My mom called me not long after that and she said, my dad called and said, I want Jeremy to do my funeral and I want you to tell him that what he preached, what he said, I did. You know, sometimes we don't understand everything God's doing. Sometimes we don't understand everything he's putting us through. Sometimes we even ask questions, why? Why would you allow this to happen in my life? Why would you allow that to happen? Why would you allow a good person to go through a bad situation? Why would that happen? And we begin to ask questions and, and doubt and say, why? But Christian, we must wait and let God's plan reveal itself. John the Baptist waited and learned that Jesus was the Messiah. John, you didn't waste your life. John, you're not a failure. John, you weren't preaching, preparing people to find out it was the wrong man. John, you are going to face death. You're never going to get out of that prison cell. But for those times that you preach that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, those times that you baptize that man, that, that, that time that you heard the heavens declare that this is the, 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 my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, John, you've not wasted your life just because life didn't end up the way you want it to or you thought it should or you questioned why. It doesn't mean that God's plan is God's plan. It will unfold and you will see that through God, God's plan. He is always right. And so I say to someone this evening, you say, I'm battling with doubt. Wait and let God work it through. You know, Christian, sometimes we need to stop hurrying God and putting God in our time frame, and we just simply need to rest upon Him. We want God to work. We want God to reveal. We want God. We don't have a whole lot of time. God, you've got to do this. You, you, you know, time's running out. Like we're telling God, time's running out. You know, Christian, in your doubt, in your discouragement, in your hurt, in your pain, in your suffering, as you're wondering why, wait for the answer. Have patience. Let God reveal himself. I believe this. So many Christians have made bad decisions in their life because they rushed God. And now they're paying for the consequence when they needed to just simply wait and let God reveal himself. A friend of mine, just recently, well, a couple years ago, called me and said, hey, I, I believe God's calling me to pastor a church. And I said, um, are you sure? He said, I'm 28 years old. 
If I don't do this, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to. Yeah, I laughed too, just like you laughed. Yeah, life's almost over. <laughs> you better make that decision quick. He said, what do you think? And I knew him well. And I said, you know, my advice to you is I would just, I'd work for a guy and I'd let him tell me what I need to hear. I'd let him work me over. I'd let him be hard on me. I'd, I'd, make, I'd let him work me. I, I, I would let him help me. He said, well, God's called me to preach. And I said, preach. Find yourself a, a nursing home or a jail ministry or find yourself a corner. Just go preach. I got a call from him two weeks ago, three weeks ago, right after Thanksgiving and before Christmas. He said, boy, I wish I would have listened. And I said, to what? Which one? <laughs> he said, man, I, uh, I got into pastoring and I have killed this church. They're ready to close down now. You know what he said to me? He said, I wish I would have waited on God's timing. You ever made a decision in haste instead of waiting? You're doubting, does God know the timing? I mean, does God not know? Uh, there's not a whole lot of time left. Does God not know what's going to happen? Does God not understand my circumstance? And we get ahead of God and we make decisions and we, we make decisions out of the doubt. And listen to me, every Christian at some point in your life is going to doubt. But when you doubt, let God reveal himself to you before you make a decision. You know what I have found? God's timing is always right. And you know what I find as well? It's always after the, the time I think it should be. Because I want to know now. And God doesn't always reveal himself now. There is a period of time that God, for whatever reason, he likes to let it stew in our lives. He likes to let it sit there. I believe I know why, because he wants us to learn a level of trust. Sometimes Christians get hurried in making decisions they're always going to regret. Pray. Seek God like John did. Go and find out. Is he the Messiah? Go ask him. And wait for a response. Don't make a decision that's going to affect your life long term when you're sitting in a place of doubt. When you're sitting in a place of doubt, let God reveal himself before you come to a conclusion. I don't know who that message is for this evening. I really don't. But I know as I've been reading and I've just been praying, the Lord just impressed this upon me for this evening. 
I believe this, there's probably someone here this evening that's dealing with some doubt. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe there's some issues. Maybe there's some hurriedness. You're wanting to make a decision. You're wanting to answer. You're wanting to know. And God hasn't revealed it to you this evening. And I want to simply say this. The answer for you is this. Don't make a hurried decision while you're sitting in doubt. Let God work this out in your life. Let Him reveal the answer. And when He does... Then you have confidence to know.